it's got cold fermented dextrose. So that makes it. So, so not. That not, sounds so much. Oh, dextrose. Isn't that dext- a sugar? Isn't that, isn't that a sugar? <laughs> oh, we don't want to. Open up. It's cold fermented. Cold because cold fermented makes it. But it, it's got ethanol. Crystalline fructose. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. And for over 200 episodes, they have also been bringing you this. What is this? I hear you ask. This is Good Brews Week, and I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me just across the Formica countertop is none other than Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Well, this is not Formica. This is artificial stone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in, in the kitchen. Well, I'll tell you what, but it's what you've done with it. <laughs> Mate, well, yeah. Welcome to Casa Kierkegaard. Thank you very much for having me. Um, sitting in the kitchen. It's, it's not the Bruce News office. This is the uh, sort of Bruce News um, uh, a long on, time. On a scale of, of, of shit to salubrious, are we uh, more? Uh, My kitchen is actually more? bigger than Bruce News actual office. office okay. um, and, so, and, the, so the fact that I haven't visited the office yet, I shouldn't take that as a, well, at least the best is yet to come. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, so we are at your place, Matt, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, listeners, for those who don't know, yes, I'm up here in very sunny and very, very humid Brisbane. Uh, for the, well, it's kind of been, I guess, touted as the, the first, although it's the first for a long time, brackets, um, Royal Queensland. Always be careful awards. using the word first. Exactly, exactly. And as we've learned over just the last couple of weeks, and I think we will learn yet again in the letters today. That, um, not for yes, the first time, you're saying. Not for the first time. <laughs> I see what you did there. Seamless. Um, Royal Queensland Beer Awards. Uh, last ones were 2014, and, and look, it's not unkind to say they were fairly spectacularly unsuccessful in terms of, uh, I, I guess, capturing the mood of the meeting um, and, and just how vibrant the Queensland beer scene is. So it was decided to to perhaps hit the pause button, rewind. Yeah, it took a couple of years, and I've been working with the RNA for a couple of years now to try and sort of get the, the awards going, and, and they've really wanted to have an awards. But as you said, you know, I was involved in some of the early, you know, late, um, early teens, late... Um, Naughties, um, beer awards, and turn of the millennium, Matt. Turn of the millennium, yes. Um, and you know, one of the interesting things is that there was an idea that you know, beer awards were just you just pour some beers, you just drink them, and you tell us of, which one you like. You best. get a couple of media judges and and, and those sorts of things, and then and they know, would naturally gravitate towards recognising their, I guess their preferred tipple, their you know, yeah. Um, and but you had uh, sort of judges who um, weren't involved in the craft beer industry. You know, beer was mainstream lagers, um, and I, I think it's been really exciting to see how committed the RNA has been to creating an awards um, because it has been a long time coming, and they've resourced it, and they've also listened to the industry about how to create an awards yep. that, that will benefit the industry, but how to run an awards. Properly. And I think and that's congratulations to you too, Prof. I don't want to sort of make this the uh, oh. sort of Matt and Pete show, but it is a Matt <laughs> and Pete show. Um, but, you know, as Chief Steward, you've really driven the back room of um, the awards. And that's, you know, the, the, the judges take all the credit, but the stewards and the organisation that takes place behind the partition is where awards are made or lost. Yeah, and I think we can probably allow ourselves just a, just a modicum of uh, indulgence. Um, and taking this opportunity to, to really give a, a shout out to uh, the 20 or so brave souls who volunteered 
three days of their time to come and, and be stewards because and, and when they volunteered, they just thought they were giving up their time. But it's been brutal conditions in Brisbane the last couple of days, and the room that's been judged in isn't ideal. Like it's, it's unair conditioned, yep. and uh, the the stewards' room is even worse. Yeah. Um, and you've got a bunch of people working as as hard as you can for seven and a half eight hours a day, lugging stuff around uh, on great beer drinking weather yep. when they can't drink. Um, and, and they've just done a sterling job. So congratulations for, for the team who built their peak. No, as I say, and 100% um, volunteers and, and just couldn't, couldn't be more proud. Uh, having said that, the judges, um, I think, got the very best opportunity and all 346 beers that were entered um, individually were given their absolute best shot mm. at being um, given, given the best opportunity to, to win a medal. Yeah. And, and that, that's where it's also interesting. Not only has the RNA realised that you don't just take the same format for your cheese awards and your um, olive oil yeah. awards and yep. your wine it awards and just turns of beer, you have to do it the, the, yeah. the right way. Yep. And there has been that and so and they've been committed to it. Um, and, and it's funny you say that because part of the, like some of the things you can do, like we've transplanted the, the back end in terms of um, you know, how panels are selected and, and uh, how exhibitor numbers are assigned and that sort of thing, which we've been able to transplant in, in template form, if you like, from the wine awards. But then it's funny where you get to certain bits where you go, you know what, wine and beer really do differ. And the, the system sort of hasn't allowed for bits and pieces, but we've been able to sort of make things up on the fly or to, you know, to adjust as necessary. Um, and um, really looking forward to uh, in a couple of hours time after we, we we'll swap these coffees Drinking our coffee our, we'll yeah. swap a, swap our shorts for our, uh, our our nice duds and our coffee well you might not <laughs> at least we're in air conditioning today that's it so um yeah the, the awards will be pre- presented so by the time this podcast hits your inbox the um the awards will have been Announced and the shinies handed out, and there'll should be lots we talk of happy people. It? Yeah, should, I mean, we're recording this beforehand, but it's it's sort of embargoed by nature of time. Should we? Uh, is, well, do, is anyone listening outside the window? Do you reckon, or is it? What? No, uh, no I'm, I, you know what? I'm actually feeling as toey as a Roman sandal because I've spent so so much time in the last few days, like impressing on, particularly you know the the volunteer stewards and that sort of thing, but also the judges. You know, just the secrecy. You know, don't you? You just can't talk about. Because you just never know, yeah. and and I know this is not going out live, but but is it? No, <laughs> no. Producer Joe, we can trust it with our lives. Okay. Um, but actually, the, the the other thing um, that I was going to say is that the previous incarnations of the awards that you know that there's been organisational issues that haven't made them the most prestigious or credible awards. That and if you don't have the the support of all of the brewers, and particularly, like I was saying before, in Queensland, brewers doing so well on the national scene, mm. you don't want to support a local competition unless it has all those sort of layers of it, It's credible and integrity and all of those sorts of things. But at the same time, you know, Western Australia's got a beer awards, South Australia's got a beer awards, Victoria has its beer awards, which is the AIBA's, um, Sydney has Royal Sydney. the Royal Queensland show, Sydney show, Queensland now has its reinvigorated awards. It's very, very hard to get brewers who are time poor, um, often cash poor, the logistics of getting beer to competition in good condition when there's not a good reason to do that. As always, that's the other thing that's counted against the, the, the awards in Queensland. We haven't had a, a, a dynamic local industry to 
enter. And of the 342 odd entries, the vast majority are Queensland breweries. And 98% of the beers from uh, from Queensland, and uh, yeah, I think yeah, 98. Yeah, couple couple from interstate, and but not very far, many from far far afield. So, no. um, and that in itself is a really great indicator of how regions are developing and we are starting to see very very strong brewing regions and hopefully they'll continue to enter their local awards and the AIBAs and the Indies um, as well um, even yeah. if they don't yep. then Queen. Well a couple of the brewers actually Matt, made interesting points that um, the timing and, and the Royal Queensland Beer Awards have done really well and all credit to, to Phil Sharp to Stephanie Yoon and to James Rogers and, and, and I'm sure there are other people in that team but for them driving um, getting the awards up and running, but also to link it with Brews Vegas, to link it with, um, you know, like a in this in a similar way to to the AIBAs and Good Beer Week, because you've got people in town, you've got a dynamic scene, you've got stuff happening. It's a really great way to sort of to integrate your awards. Um, well, that was one of the things that I when I was sort of looking at them and I was looking at timing and things like that, sort of having it, you know, because the demand on brewers' time is just so extensive these days that to get guys out of the brewery to have the judges like had Matty Jankowskis you know come down for three coast, days yeah. from the sunny coast from Brouhaha yeah. on the sunny coast away from his business away from his business which is a small business and only has um, a, you know a couple of people in it brewing anyway but then he also brought his assistants down to help steward so they could learn yeah three people from his and yeah. you need a really good reason to do that and you know even some of the bigger breweries having you know a big commitment of time um and the awards couldn't function without those. No. But if you can anchor it to something like Bruce Vegas or um, the the beeries, uh, yep. not the, the beeries, the beer insider. Yeah, um, yep. And that and that was uh, what some of the judges were pointing out was the timing of um, the Queensland Beer Awards is actually a good sort of litmus test for okay. So how have my beers done? Do I need to tweak them because it's uh, ah, the, beer, it's, the awards are announced. You've still got two weeks before entries close for AIBA. Ah, so okay, so it's sort almost of, the um, a dry run. Not, no, not a dry run. That's what. What, what are the there, English? Uh, yeah, the foreign. Because you, you, you've got the, there's a major film awards in England. Oh, um, before Cannes. Yeah, no, before the Oscars. So I come oh, the Baftas. Okay. So the Baftas are always a bit of a film, form, though, a bit so. of a form guide for. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. But at least this way, yeah, brewers get to edit their uh, their film. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I don't enter this one, or you know, oh gee, yeah. that, that did really well. That'd be, that'd be better than I thought, or whatever it might be. Yeah, and so you can take the the, the brewers' feedback, and, mm. and great credit to the judges. The um, the emphasis was really on, um, you know, if you get a gold medal, you, I don't need you to tell me too much about it because yeah. the colour says it all. But where my beer perhaps got a silver, I want a few more comments about what it needed to, to get to gold. And so the brewers were taking, uh, the judges, sorry, were taking a lot of time and consideration to, to put thoughtful comments. And, and that's all, that's great credit to the, um, the panel chairs or the table captains, if you like, who really yeah. drove um, the pace, kept things moving, but also um, were great mentors for a lot of judges who perhaps had, had a little bit of experience but it was a great, a great opportunity for them and for uh, half a dozen or so associate judges to just see how it all works. And so it can only get better moving forward. Now, Pete, is, is, is the Queensland uh, Beer Awards open to accusations that they're just jumping on the bandwagon? I mean, we've got the hottest 100, we've got great beer, we've got... And yes, that, that was... A, I don't know if our listeners saw it, but there was a... A very interesting post on one of the Facebook pages where uh, somebody um, saw a post 
entries open for the uh, ARBAs. Um, the second largest beer awards in the world and one of the more prestigious, certainly the most and prestigious. The largest annual beer awards. Largest annual beer awards. And the one of the few that does packaged and draft on such a great yep. scale annually. And uh, there was a comment on one of the Facebook pages, excuse me, while the uh, motorcycle <laughs> goes past, um, suggesting that this was just jumping on the bandwagon because we've already got the, uh, the hottest one. Yeah, so we've already got um, the right beer. Right beer. Um, so what, what, what do we need another awards for? Um, and I, I, it is very funny because I, 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 I shared it with you. Um, so say, I might have a look at this. This, uh, yeah. You know, we'll talk about this on the podcast. But I, I actually don't want to call that individual out because we don't. No, it didn't come from a place of derision. He yeah. wasn't trying to shit can or anything like that. But it does show that there are a whole lot of people that have entered, that have become interested in, in the beer world, um, not realizing that the. AIBAs have been going for... You know, 87, I think, the first started. They something. became the AIBAs in 93, I think. Mm. Or but they're very like long-standing awards. And, uh, you know, there was no derision. It, 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 there was a little bit of lack of knowledge, like a um, lack of knowledge, um, which you, you see on a lot of the Facebook um, groups. But it, but it did highlight that, you know, when we, whenever we comment on... and. You, know, you, you and I have been sort of uh, writing about beer nearly as long, or you know, sort of commenting about beer, sort of uh, interested in beer and sort of following beer um, for, for a significant time. But whenever I speak to someone like Brett Stubbs, who's our in-house historian, for example, you know, he'll sort of, you know, you'll say, oh, he you'll, leaves you'll, us in the shade. But then again, but that's only because he's been writing about it since the early 80s. Like he's been doing beer yeah. history since the early 80s. And... Whilst we get caught up in our, you know, NEPAs and our brood IPAs and our sort of, you know, whatever, you know, DDH and things like that, in their own way, we're seeing something new. But some of the cycles and some of the things that are going on, you know, there's not a lot that's new. We've got to be very no, careful. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Um, but it's good because, look, it did generate a bit of conversation and it does show too that there's a public, um, I guess, impression out there that either the AIBAs are far more industry um, there's more industry awareness than there is consumer awareness. Yes. Whereas the Gab's Hottest 100, whilst the brewers, the industry is does have a keen look at it, and it's great to sort of see trends and to you know um, pat each other on the back and all that sort of stuff, and see what um, styles are uh, are making an impact on the consumer palate. Um, that it is very much consumer, and uh, it, it's wide ranging. The something like mm. the, the Gab's Hottest 100 and, and and hosts like that really prove that yeah sometimes it's easier to get your message out through social media whereas you know the the, the months and it's years of, of, of fine-tuning have got the AIBA to the point where uh, overseas brewers have hold that in such high esteem that they will send beer you know to that where they won't send it to other overseas competitions and, and to me it also highlights that you know like we celebrate hottest 100 you know for all of its it's a popularity contest flaws, which it absolutely is, and it's not trying to find Australia's best beer. But the beer awards are actually trying to find, in qualitative terms, mm. what the best of e the best beer entered on that day in that category, um, you know, with that judging panel. Um, th there are no absolutes, but um, they are trying to look at qualitative terms. So when you look at across the, the, the popularity contest and across the um, beer awards that have a real rigour around them. Um, 
you can sort of start to get a picture. Um, but it, 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 the, the other thing that it came out for me is that, you know, when people sort of uh, talk about, you know, my beer is Exxon rate beer or, you know, sort of, oh, that, that beer must be good. It's, it, you, you've got people like that commenter, other people who are contributing to, to rate beer. Um, and they're talking from, a, from their own sometimes very limited perspective it's not invalid in any way because their perspective is their perspective. But when you're sort of trying to sort of uh, say, oh, you know, this this brewery that's been in, in around for 17 minutes, you know, is, is awesome because being judged by a bunch of people who have always been told that you know, Nipahs are you know awesome. Um, but anyway, so hazy, hazy slash juicy, hazy slash juicy is now the uh, yeah. So they're okay. not Nipahs anymore. Nipahs are, are, are quite separate. You can have, you can brew a beer that looks like a Nipah, but it, it is simply juicy or juicy. hazy. So there you go. It's, things are moving already. Things are changing. Speaking but of moving, well, we well, must, we welcome must to moving. Brisbane, Prof. Uh, thank you very there's much. a long way of saying. <laughs> Thanks for having me. As I say, I'm. Uh, yeah, it's it's been very challenging climactically, but um, it's brutal. It so, is. Yeah. It is a little bit brutal. Uh, now uh, let's quickly tick off the boxes. Uh, let the listeners know what we will be talking about this week in the news segment. And we'll kick off with CB is going to ban, uh, ban um, plastic six-pack dolphin killers. Um, yeah, would have, it, it, that would have been a story. CB is going to ban bland. That would have been. <laughs> bland, bland. <clears throat> I'll put my teeth back in, start again. Uh, the IBA has secured a support pledge in the upcoming New South Wales election. Uh, Bud Light Lemon Tea seeks to cash in on the Bud Light losses. Uh, let's start off with uh, the CB ban on... Six pack rings. Yeah, just a, switching to cardboard. I know what the uh, sleeves, outers. Oh yeah, just the, the wraps, the, cardboard yeah, wraps. Cardboard wrap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and look, it was just me release. We ran. It's uh, drawn the expected uh, negative comments on on Facebook, as you'd expect. Um, you know, brewers have been doing it for a while. You've got even. I did say one comment that said, "Oh, well done, seventeen thousand years too late." Which I <laughs> was a little bit late, but. You know, like um, actually, the other story I might sort of add at the same time is another CUB story. Um, they've sent out a media release this week um, about they're changing the face of advertising. So Great Northern is now going to feature women on its billboards because they've done a study, they've done a survey of two thousand people, then found they've that found out women exist. Women are drinking beer. Um, and again, it's another one that you just need to put it up there, and they're hanging themselves on their own petard in a sense because. Um, or hoisting themselves on their own potato, hanging themselves yeah. on their own yard arm, whatever. That's um, because the they're making a, they're, they're trying to make a big thing of something that I don't know that they were responsible for creating or driving in any way. But now they're going, hold on, there's a market here that we need to reach, and so we're going to change our marketing. I may be uh, perhaps a little bit cynical, but see, I also look at the, um, the explosion of you know um, everyone everyone's doing this. Mm. Yes, it it holds you. Um, your, your cans nicely it's still just as easy to pick up and take home mm. and all that sort of thing easy to recycle but it also gives you a nice broad facing marketing you know billboard if you like so when the, the cans if they're on the on the side it gives you a much better brand presence whereas if you've got six packs and they're and, and they're never all turned around the right yes, way yeah. with the labels maker you know the maker's label facing yep. That's, that's very true. That's a very good point. Yeah, it's so much easier to say that beer is so long as it's sitting on the shelf, face out, face which is the not, wider one. Yeah, as opposed to end on when you've just got the glass. And I think that's one of the reasons that. Well, they, presumably, uh, you know, when they're submitting their planograms to to retailers, don't the big breweries 
tend to sort of say, this is how it will be set up, this is where it will yeah. be, because we're paying for that. And we're going to turn it space. side on so you can sort of say, yeah, that's a really good point. So it does give you a bit more of a canvas, which is what yeah. cans have always... Because done. Ideally, they could have done exactly the same thing, but just switch the plastic rings to the, you know, dolphin food rings. Well, I don't think they've got rings at all. So or buy a, buy we've a seen breweries no, like Urban Alley with the, those cardboard clutch. recycled um, yeah. things, whereas this is just the wrap around yeah. um, replacing the plastic. Same thing as they've been doing for stubbies for years. You know, you've had the... the, the Stubbies with the neck through the shrink wrap. Oh, uh, through the yeah, the through the cardboard, cardboard top. Yeah. So it's, it's just cans. It's just um, cans we're going to. Yeah. Whereas um, cans are a little bit different. Um, but because yeah, I know too, the other thing too, is, uh, we shouldn't say it's it's just as you know they could have just simply put the recycle holders because I think those um, the the small brewers who are doing that at the moment you. There's no machine that can do it. Mm. So I think they're doing them all manually. Right. So, so they're more efficient to start yes. with until we, until we are making them in much larger quantities yep. and there's more take up. Um, but the fish food ones, yeah, you, I'm pretty sure there's no machine yet that can do it. So you need to stick it. it. So that's very labour intensive, which is also why craft beer is so much more expensive. All of these right. hidden costs. You couldn't do that for, say, 150 million. Well, so it's only budget. 25 million uh, units, apparently, according to the media release. According Wasn't it, didn't the media release say they were going to save? Having to make 25 million. CB's iconic holders. Abbotsford so Brewery will no longer six use pack. plastic six rings, six pack rings on cans, saving more than 25 million of them. So that's 25 million eaches. So it's 25 million times six. Six, which is 150 million cans. Yeah. But that's across their entire range. I was actually gobsmacked. I thought 150 million. I'm pretty sure in media releases past, you know, they they, they knock out. I reckon a batch run of. of of VB, for example, I heard yeah, years ago was around about you know um, like so the the fermenter boom, emptied yep. out nine million yeah units. I, but but that's just cans so we're not talking about bottles Bottle, no um, so it's still it's, the same so, it's a, so you, you've got kegs bottles cans yeah as oh, Luke Robertson's book um, there you go Luke free plug free plug G'day, Luke. Um, kegs bottles cans and it's going to be divided and cans are a smaller market I would imagine than stubbies or um, tap beer so yeah, yeah. it's a small part oh, okay. of it yeah, 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 but I still would enough. have expected it was a, a bigger um, you were yeah. hoping for a bigger number than 150 million well I, I think they would have been hoping for a bigger number than 150, <laughs> than 150 million well, we'll assume the number's right because it was in their official their press release we, we haven't mm. um, assumed those numbers or you know made formulate calculations or anything have we but the, the, the other thing I was coming at when I went to the women um, on the billboards you know they've suddenly discovered women short like they're responding to a trend as opposed to driving a trend. Yeah. Um, and, yep. you know, the big brewers very rarely... But in five years' time, nobody knows who started the trend and who followed, do well, they? Well, but in is, five is years' time, it's going to be so ubiquitous. It's, it's going to be so commonplace. That's right. Um, but the, the, the point so I was making... the hit for now. But I, I do wonder, and it's something that I'll get our wonderful producer, Joe, who you got to meet for the first time... I did. It was um, lovely. ...in Brisbane. Um, I'll, I'll get Joe to make a note of... I'd love to speak to some people in the advertising... Um, about whether or not beer is reflective of what's going on in the market or beer drives what's going on in the market. Because I'm a big believer that there's a lot of talk at the moment about big brewers have made beer blokey. When yes. I... Iron Jack. Well... Great Northern. Well, see, I, I believe that like there's a little bit of a negative spiral um, relationship or it's a symbiotic relationship where... I think advertisers um, chase what they perceive as being the biggest part of their market because it's easy. You're picking the low-hanging fruit. Yep. 
Um, and that's why suddenly, um, if you remember five years ago, six years ago, James Squire started, you know, had that sort of character who was the bearded, um, you know, Bush Ranger character on their billboards. Yeah, yeah. Now that wasn't, they didn't sort of go, hey, look, we want to create this subculture of people who start growing their beards long um, and drink and up there as, a, as an out, ironic. Jump out at you from behind. Dare I say hipster, stops. but you know, you know for, yeah. for, for one of a generic term that yep. doesn't yeah, yeah. Um, define anybody. Um, but uh, they, they, they'd noticed that there was this youth subculture that they wanted to target with their beer. So their ads became reflective of the market that they were chasing. They're, they're not creating the, putting the, they're, um, they're not creating the market, they're chasing a market. Yeah. And I think it's exactly the same way that they notice that, you know, um, if you look at beer ads in the 30s and 40s and even the 50s, it was mum and dad enjoying a um, Crown Lager in the, the, the glass. Um, sure, mum might have been bringing the tray of beers out, but there were two beers on the tray. Um, so there was a sexism. Yeah, there was what yeah. would now it's funny, be the You never saw a drink it, but there were always there was always. But there was always a, there was always two. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and to me, that's you know marketing to women um, mm. in, in a way. It's but it's also not sort of saying women belong in the kitchen. But it was just reflecting that in the fifties, women were in the kitchen. Um, cards and letters <laughs> may be coming, but I'm I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying this is an observation. But that Joe, um, we'll get our producer Joe because I'd love to speak to an advertiser about. What the might an advertising expert about um, you know whether suddenly the, they've noticed that if you go to any craft brewery for example you'll see e- easily as many women at least as you do men fifty percent of the women yeah yep. um, and then they're going oh well hold on women are drinking beer it's more socially acceptable to drink beer um, for women um, we're, we're going to cash in on this trend mm. um, so yeah it, it, and there might even be a whole other story. Um, that we can, two stories out of that, so I'd like to follow up with one of the marketing people about the yeah. consumer insight about yep. that. Yep, and at the, at the end of the day, yeah, it's all about, you know, I guess trying to be popular, which leads us nicely into the New South Wales election is coming up, um, and the IBA has secured uh, a support pledge. Yeah, like another really exciting uh, thing that broke uh, on Saturday morning um, in the, the News Limited papers, and I was lucky enough to, uh, I spoke to Jamie Cook, um, chair of the IBA and also the New South Wales um, Agriculture and Trade Minister um, uh, about this. The, the IBA... And spiritual foundation of the Cook Limit. <laughs> oh, and that's Jamie Cook, not the, uh, not the New South Wales Minister. Oh, the, oh okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Jamie's not the New South Wales Minister. Right. I no, spoke to Jamie say, Cook yeah. from the IBA and the, new, and, and the the Minister yeah. for Industry, but Jamie Cook is here of the Cook Limit, not as our letter writer sort of thinks, uh, a brewing term. Um, so I broke on Saturday, and uh, yeah, so the, the IBA has been doing a lot of lobbying, um, you know, and it's the sort of stuff that you don't see, and I think, you know, people are always not, saying... Well, not dissimilar, Matt, to what your good self did here in the in Queensland I, as we, a result yeah, of, but, but, but is, this, is this a similar kind of thing where, where I guess, getting the... I think it's a case, well, the, the IBA is still to, establishing itself amongst brewers, you know, yeah. what, 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 what am I getting for my money? Yep. Um, and I think it's, it, it's, it's well worth acknowledging that... As with anything, there is a whole lot of stuff going on in the background that you just don't really see until it comes to fruition. Um, that takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of skill and a whole lot of effort um, to do. And this is one of those cases. The, the IBA has been you know, lobbying um, various governments, you know, federally and at state level, um, and elections are a good time to do that, um, you know, particularly when it's a very close-looking election. Yep. Um, so, you know, so I think the, 
uh, IBA has been sort of saying, well, can we have a uh, undertaking like Queensland's given to create a craft beer strategy? And last weekend we had the New South Wales um, Trade and Agriculture Minister sort of say, yep, absolutely. Um, and the article is online. I don't have the uh, notes in front of me, but basically saying, absolutely, um, craft breweries are employers. They're changing their social um, amenity around beer. Yep. Um, but he, he's a National Party member for New South Wales, and he also made the point that breweries are big tourism drivers. And yeah. yep. quite apart, we, we don't have any specifics about what's uh, going to be promised, but they are looking at it. There is a New South Wales food industry manufacturing um, strategy, and beer is very much on the radar. And when you look at all of the years that things came so easily to wine, um, that we're now starting to see, you know, the, the, the minister had a couple of breweries in his, um, where he lived. He was an upper house member, so he didn't have an electorate, but he had a couple of breweries. Um, he's, he was the chair of the New South Wales RAS, Royal Agricultural Society, um, who did the showstopper beer last year with um, Motors oh, Operandi yeah. using, yeah. Uh, and he talked proudly about that. Um, and it's really exciting to see that, again, as a, reflection of how important craft beer and breweries have become without any help from government there's a bit of bandwagon jumping or you know that might be a little bit uncharitable there are people starting to actually acknowledge you know these guys aren't just making something to get shit-faced at the cricket they're making something that adds to the culture and employment and industry of our state and it's worth supporting and that's a and really something with a direct link to agriculture too so if you're you know agriculture is in your portfolio Exactly, it just makes so much sense. And we, we've got the uh, you know wonderful uh, Stu Wycross uh, from Voyager Malt. Voyager Malt, and I think that was I think they supplied the malt for the Modus Operandi beer, the showstopper uh, yep. for the showstopper. Um, and again, so if you've got him name checking those things, that is a massive move forward for lobbying on on, on the industry and the industry changes. Because yep. I remember when I first turned up to. Um, uh, like for, for 10, 12 years, every time I've had a new state member or I had a new federal member, I always rock up. You know, the, the beer selection was pretty limited, but I'd sort of take them. Uh, you know, do you, are you a beer drinker? Here's a couple of beers that sort of, you know, and, and you sort of see them sort of shake your hand. And now there, you know, we've had the Prime Minister turn up at, um, uh, he was drinking a nail VPA. Yeah, um, yeah. Very high profile. You, you've got the Prime Minister, you know, instead of turning up to the RSL to have whatever beers on tap going to craft breweries. Because it was branding too, yeah, rather than just a, a unidentified uh, pony. It yeah. was I want you knowing branding. I'm drinking a craft beer. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe... You know, sniff in the wind. They know, they know <laughs> get, on the, get your money on the good horse. Maybe ScoMo wants to be seen as a bit of a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, so we're going to see him starting to you know, ride a fixie, a, 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 a com, com car fixie. Wearing a flat cap. Um, <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> really exciting times. And congratulations to the IBA as well. Um, and, That's it, yeah, because you know, there's a lot of work that goes in behind yep. the scenes. We just, you know, listeners out there probably think, oh, great, it's taken you two and a half minutes to you know, read a, uh, a press release to say that they're doing something. But the, the work that's, that goes into it, of the, all the, uh, you know, um, strategizing and advocating. Taking and, them from their businesses. Uh, yep. Um, and then, you know, they've, they've finally got... It, yeah, these yeah, guys have got, got breweries to breweries, work in. And, um, but then they've got a, a very capable, um, you know, team who are there now. And, and the, the reason I flag that, I don't want to sort of keep going on this, but Prof, you, 
you and I both know that like uh, when we're out sort of having a beer or at Beer Insider, you know, brewers come up to us and you sort of talk about, you know, it's like the uh, cattle cockies sort of out in the, out in the fields sort of talking about the weather and, you know, what do you think about this? We get a lot of questions and, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, so, you know, what do you think of the, the IBA, you know, you know, because people have either paid or they're looking at joining and, you know, and this is the sort of stuff that, you know, the old, what have the Romans ever done, done for us? us? You know, we've got the roads, we've got the yeah. GM. Uh, and that's it. That, yeah, yeah. This sort of ad, ad, advocacy is what the IBA was originally, uh, I guess, established to, be, to, to, to do. To do. It's, it's not visible, but governments, when they... When they, they don't want to talk to 500 they don't want to talk to 500 and brewers exactly bring me solutions not problems yep being able to talk to one person who speaks on behalf of now 550 mm-hmm. you know small shareholders you know, yep. nominally um, because at the end of the day yes they are what, what they're doing is going to benefit all brewers whether you're a member of the IBA whether you're a or member not. or not and uh, as we always say so, so even you know don't ask what's in it for me personally are they doing good things for the industry and absolutely so yeah and then support that if you wish then this um, wasn't a paid announcement by the audience. Not at all, not at all. Um, Bud Light Lemon. Yeah, and this warm, humid weather. I'm, <laughs> I'm boony, mate. I'm over beer. Um, I, you know what I feel like? Alcoholic light lemon tea. Well, I think I shared this one with uh, you and Joe. You know, I, I think we yeah, pretty we much switched on the tape, uh, off the tape last, last week, week. So we've talked about Yeah, yeah um, we, we, didn't, we didn't have quite have time to alcoholic seltzers and get into it last week um, and actually also so this is a follow on from that just of saying uh, almost this is what I was talking about guys and just while you're looking that up when I said that and listeners I'd be keen to, to get your views on this but so the word seltzer so seltzer to me is like a vaudeville term and it's it's what you get squirted with you know it's, it, it's where you make it's like a soda stream well, that, that, is it's a seltzer water. You, so seltzer water... It's just um, basically what we would call... Is it mineral water or soda water? Carbonated water or soda water is uh, a water containing dissolved carbon dioxide gas either artificially injected under pressure or occurring due to natural geologic pressures. Um, why is it called seltzer? So natural geological pressures would be mineral water for me or, or you know, spring water, what we used to... Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, the, was it? No, it wasn't Humphrey Davy. One of the English scientists who discovered... And another thing that science has to thank brewing for, he discovered a lot of science was done in London breweries in the 1800s, and he discovered mm. that if you left um, a pail of water under the, the brewing um, vats, because you open brewing vats, and anyone that's been in a brewery when the CO2, it's heavier than air, so it sort of sits down lower. Um, that's why it can be a little bit dangerous. Yep. But you've got Close that smell. And you notice that sort of if you leave an open bucket of water there, it changes flavour, um, and it, oh, oh, okay. it had a taste, but it had a call. Um, it was like impregnated water or modified water or something like that. And that was he was the one that um, realised that you can force inject CO two from breweries into water, and you have this light spritzy water. But he never commercialised it, and right. uh, it became fixed um, fixed fixed air. Um, CO two was called fixed air. And then it could go into water. Um, isn't science wonderful? It, it isn't science wonderful? But that's all right, mate, that sort of stuff. I, I, I do get a little bit excited about that because it shows the you important want to see role. Across the... Well, but it, it is one of those stories I love to tell. He's getting excited, um, listeners, because it does. It, wine has this mystique about it, that, and it always has. Mm. And beer is just seen as an industrial product, but because it's a fucking industrial product. Um, it is being responsible for so yeah, many innovations. So many innovations, and it's yeah. driven. You know, just you think the space race is good because it gave you tang and Velcro. <laughs> Beer has got you know, space race. Why can't we get into a tang? Um, so Bud Light is losing ground to its own 
product, or is it, is the article suggesting that? Um, oh no, no, it was it was just basically saying, and I, and I don't have the article lemon, uh, light, specific. Light lemon tea. Um, light lemon is yeah. sort of filling the void that's being lost by Bud Light. Well, we we talked sales. about uh, the um, Boston Brewing Company, and then it was was it Kenicky or one of the other um, Alliance Craft Brewers Alliance had announced that they were bringing out a range of things. Um, and I, I just have highlighted this as much because if um, Bud had come out and been the first ones to start doing, everyone would have poo-pooed it. Yeah. Um, but you watch this space; everyone's going to be. You know, we, we've already seen brewers bringing out cider um, or kombucha. Or kombucha. But well, see, cider is the one because if you speak to somebody like um, uh, Willie Smiths, um, you know the guys from Willie Smiths who are purists when it comes to cider, they get a little bit antsy when they see brewers bringing out fermented apple juice. Um, you know, they just, they, 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 there's no provenance to it. They just get themselves some... Uh, and a shout out to Ben Krause. Fizzy Apple Goon. Fizzy Apple Goon, exactly, yeah. Which is exactly... Uh, and I'm not saying that they all do that, but there, there are certainly, there are plenty of products on the market and, and you can pretty much tell by the price uh, that they are on your shelves at Uncle Dan's if they are just ethanol, you know, apple and water, force carbonated, um, probably not really cider. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when you've got, again, shout out to the guys at Willie Smith's, but when you've got guys who, you know, it's a 150-year-old, you know, third-generation family business, um, orchards, blah, 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 turning their hand to making not just yeah, alcoholic cider, but making traditional styles and using heritage, um, you know, heirloom varieties and that sort of thing, table apples as well as making ciders with specific cider apples, um, yeah, it, it must stick in their craw to, to know that it, it's just very easy for somebody else to just bring out a brand of, you know, inverted commas cider that then, I guess, gets compared to, to theirs. And that's, again, I guess, why um, the Australian Cider Awards are, are so prestigious, um, that it, it separates, I guess, the, the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those things... Or the skin from the pulp. If you go back four or five years ago, you know... Like, you sort of looked at brewers who were sort of talking about provenance matters, this matters, you know, the, the, the purity of what we do, we need to be flavour forward. And then you sort of saw them just sort of going, well, but we'll just get some, you know. We'll dilute that a little bit. We'll, we'll get some yeah. apple juice in because people want to drink cider and you know, we want to offer them something rather than go and, you know, because we'll have guest taps or whatever, we'll have our own cider because that way we sort of get to make it and we'll just sort of chuck some, you know, whatever, um, in whatever juice we get, don't care about provenance, don't care about supplies, um, do that. This is just the next extension from there. And, you know, whilst a lot of people are going to line up to, you know, have a go at Anheuser-Busch InBev, mm. is it all that different? Yeah, um, and we certainly don't want to, um, you know, label all manufacturers, you know, with the same kind oh, of no, no. thing. But um, if you were looking to but get you some see... uh, labels and or stickers, oh. I reckon you could probably ring... 1-300-852-2385 to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done from Rallings Labels and Stickers. Nicely done, Prof. And we do thank... Seamless. Rallings? They're good friends. I mean, they've continued on. and But they don't just do... We've talked a little bit about the shrink sleeves, but they do labels as well. Yes. They, uh, you know, so if you've I got, thought I gave that away in the name when I said Rallings labels and stickers. But they haven't focused on that. I was, I was chatting to the, to the guys from Rallings this week and they said, look, you know, a lot of guys have got their suppliers um, and that's great. 
but just give us a call and uh, see, you know, just get a quote, have a chat to us, see because they're, they're small, they're dynamic, they're flexible, they might make your life a little bit easier, even if you've got a uh, established um, supplier. So thank you to Rallings Labels and Stickers for their support of the podcast. Coming up very soon, we are going to be opening the mailbag and thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, all letter writers will receive a Bruise News a bottle opener and one of our lucky um, writers will win a mixed six-pack thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. Just before we do that, I'm just going to jump back. Did you remember last week when I um, talked about the, the story about hard ciders and stuff like yeah. that? Yep. You know, beer has always been about no preservatives, natural, all that. When you're essentially getting carbonated water... I had a very nice natural ale down at Fallon's the other <laughs> night. I know you weren't as much of a fan of it. Oh, no, no, it was very, it was very well. I, I think their lager is smoking. I think they've got a yep. really nice pale ale. The, the natural lager just isn't my... Like natural ale. It, 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 natural it, ale. It's natural ale. I, I wasn't criticising it at all. It wasn't a case of, um, I don't like stouts, zero. Um, <laughs> you know, like, that, that's the thing I didn't want to do. I was just saying, like, it's, it's, if I was down there, I'd be drinking something else. Very well made. But um, what, what I was... Uh, they're going to say is that um, so yeah so craft brewers always about provenance and the passion and the craft and we need to sort of uh, you know we're, we're pushing the boundaries of, of flavour um, and then the hot seltzer is basically carbonated water you've bung some alcohol in you've bung some flavourings in um, how do you make that Natural. crafty to appeal to yeah. um, you know the, the drinkers that want that sort of provenance and I think I sent you a label you did so it's a uh, some hard bar. seltzer water the power of the adjective um, <laughs> and how just putting the right adjective in front of something makes everything okay so this is a this is a, a label are you going to name the brand or seltzer well, I it's don't not, know it's what not the brand available in Australia anyway, I don't think, is it? No, but it's, it's, American it's, it's from a, um, a wine blog, um, The Grey Report, and it's uh, headed, millennials are talking, but the wine industry isn't listening. It's just we're looking at the problems that the wine industry has in trying to sort of attract millennials, and Brewing is doing it in a way, but he... he so this is the point. nutrition facts panel on the uh, the back of the, of the product. Seltzer, and it looks it like it's a clear glass bottle, looks it's just perfectly clear, so it looks like water, but yet it's got alcohol in, um, and it's got, to, to my way of thinking, it's got absolutely no redeeming features at all. Oh, they've got all the It gets you drunk. Um, <laughs> but it's got the ingredients uh, purified water. Not just water, Not just purified water. It's got cold fermented dextrose. So that makes it. So, so not. That not, sounds so much. Oh, dextrose isn't that dex, a sugar? Isn't that isn't that a sugar? <laughs> oh, we don't want to open up. It's cold fermented. Cold because cold fermented makes it. better. so that would make it a lager, wouldn't it? It's got a bottom fermenting, <laughs> bottom fermented dextrose. Um, I don't think this is a, had yeast anywhere near this product, has it? Isn't it just well ethanol? <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it's got ethanol. Crystalline fructose. So, oh, so, oh, <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's sugar. Um, it's got natural fruit flavours. Um, now, natural fruit flavours is natural fruit. Is no, right? no, no, natural fruit flavours. So they're they're, they're fruity flavours. So it could be isomal acetate, uh, for example, which is the banana that goes in all the bananas. Right. And what we talked about acetaldehyde. So it might be like that green apple. Could be. This is what we talked about last week, or um, rather for than vinyl guaiacanol, which is the yeah. clove. So if you want to, yeah. um, now when they're naturally produced by yeast, that's a wonderful thing. But you know, as I said last week, when you sort of think of the brewers sort of mashing in and yep. nurturing his yeast to get those flavours, some guy in a lab coat in a food science uh, factory um, creating those flavours. But yeah, so it's got. Uh, Crystalline fructose, natural fruit flavours, 
sodium citrate and citric acid, um, you know, vitamin C. Is citric mm. acid vitamin yeah, C? Pretty yeah. much. But as you say, no, no yeast. Um, so, uh, I. So it doesn't list. Oh, because the alcohols. Well, there's alcohol well, in there because it's six percent alcohol. Yeah. So wouldn't they have to add a ethanol? Why don't they need to? Well, well, I'm presuming that that's where the cold fermented because it's cold fermented fructose. 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 Yeah. Dextrose. The, the dextrose, the crystalline fructose, would be the sweetener. Um, but you know, mm. so that's the thing. Then they're not saying natural sweeteners because they're. I presume, like I'm, I'm guessing, but I, I just think it's fascinating. Couple, throw a couple of adjectives. And all of and a sudden, all is well. But judging by their sales, when we constantly hear in the beer industry, oh, look, I'm moving away from beer because like, it's not good for you. Um, yeah, it's not part of a healthy lifestyle. It's not part of a healthy lifestyle. Um, when this has got more alcohol, um, the carbs in it, um, total carbs, five grams of carbs, exactly the same amount of carbs as a... Uh, same, so five grams of carbs. Well, five grams of carbs is probably your... Regular mainstream. Regular beer, yeah. um, you know, sort of between four and five percent, something like that. Um, it's got 120 calories, so 480 kilojoules. So it's actually got more kilojoules than a standard, standard full strength beer. beer. Yeah. Um, and yet, just putting those... Um, modifying descriptors. D- modifying descriptors <laughs> in it, suddenly you're going to have people going, oh, you know... The, this is much better. Free range. Yeah. Free range water. <laughs> you know, which <laughs> You know, cold pressed ice. You know. So, anyways, yeah, I'll, yeah um, I'll, I'll pop that in there, but um, it's just one of those things that you know we need to be aware of in terms of. Uh, Let's uh, jump into the mailbag, shall we, Matt? Great we mailbag. We have the best listeners in the business. But just very quickly, um, apropos of our, um, we we had a quick chat last week about the surprise, I guess that um, that you got receiving an invoice for uh, not limited release, not special, just a, a I guess a core range. Um, slab of, of beer around the $92 mark wholesale. And so we got uh, a reply on Twitter, I think it was. Yeah, from Stephen John Bride um, at The Korean Rhino. Answer to your $92 wholesale for a carton of beer question. As a consumer, I only buy beer that expensive in singles and then in six or four packs if on sale. Mm. But I should just point out, Stephen, that was the wholesale price. So you wouldn't have been you would have been paying more than that, presumably. I, I, I'd presume that unless at least ten percent would be going on. And in, look, to, in to be fair shop. to yeah, we haven't named the brewery or anything, but the, look, everyone has different pricing structures, and maybe if you were buying five cases, then the the, the price off. You, you, yeah, so you would get a five oh, plus one. Here's a one off, or, and maybe know. maybe delivery was included. Yeah, whatever. But all, all of those sorts of things. But it, but it was one of those things again. You know, at Beer Insider, a lot of brewers said, "Oh, you know, I because everyone listens to the podcast. How many listeners have we made? Oh, tell me." Brewers, your turn on the on the brewer stage, which I don't. We haven't. We, we, we'll do that for another time because mm. there were some really interesting, um, not only some great feedback, but really good uh, discussions on the brewer stage. I'll and be putting really those out. I recorded them, so I'll be putting oh, those great. out as some okay. bonus content. Um, yeah. It's the sort of thing that we might even. But you can't see from that just how many people were gathered around, or how many people came over and listened in for a bit of it, and then went to refill their beer yep. or whatever, because it was a. A nice setup, um, and probably compared to Melbourne, there's some lessons to be learned about how to engage, you know, how to allow people yeah. to, I guess, engage without feeling committed. Yeah. So people could sort of just pop past, see that there's something going on, and that, but then they stayed to listen to the answer to the question. Uh, Dave Padden, Jazz Daly, um, Maddie Jankowskis, and then a panel of um, uh, women, women in beer, hosted by Zara Pryor. Really great, interesting uh, discussions and comments. And then, like I say, people hanging around afterwards, and then that was when a lot of people were coming up. Oh yeah, yeah, I listen to the podcast all the time. And think, oh okay. And but brewers particularly. So but yeah, so you were so going to say a lot of them were sort. Of, were a lot people of, trying to find out who the. 
No, well, no, no one actually. The, it was just sort of a, one of those issues that, and you know, they say, oh, you know, we charge this much, and yeah, look, you know, that's, you know, and you got a lot of chat about it. And ultimately, it's a business decision. Because um, how many times do you see on your Facebook feed popping up? Oh, I just saw ABC Breweries, you know, uh, mid strength or low alcohol, whatever. They talk about the price. They talk about the price. So I've it does had a matter. few photos recently of uh, brew selling for thirty-two dollars a carton. Thirty-two bucks for brew. <laughs> it's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, but yeah, so look, thank you to uh, Stephen John Bride from uh, the Korean Rhino for. Um, and again, we, we don't often get too many um, podcast well, replies. We, maybe, yeah, but maybe on if Twitter. we maybe if we had a, a Facebook group, we could get Facebook. Well, we, we um, are work, we're detailing Joe to uh, work on that. It would but, be um, easier yeah. to do. Uh, one more letter. Uh, do you want to read this one out? Because I've, I've actually met Jeff Edney and I've even worked live on stage with him at the uh, Albury, the Great Australian Beer Festival in Albury. He um, looked after the, we did a, a, a small sort of homebrew uh, competition. I had to, in the end, hand out the trophies because Dave and his offsider, it turned out they were about the only ones who had entered reasonable <laughs> beers and had won all the categories. Uh, but he's a lovely Never bloke. And for those who know, um, oh, sorry, now, did I just say Dave? Jeff. Jeff Edney, who is, uh, and, and some listeners may know Jeff as the brother of Dave Edney from Hot Products Australia, formerly of Mountain Goat and various other uh, breweries. Mm. And uh, yeah, so Jeff from Border Brewers. Hi guys, love the show. I particularly enjoyed the recent bits about local beers using local ingredients. Our local homebrew club, Border Brewers, has an annual homebrew comp called Paddock to Pint, where local ingredients are essential and the, uh, and the highlight of our beers. You mentioned Furphy claiming first beer with all Victorian ingredients and asked what does local mean? I feel that creating local beers means you are using fresh local ingredients and these ingredients are not necessarily available elsewhere or widely used in the industry. My example is Voyager Craft Malt. I'm fortunate to be able to get malt from Voyager and their malt comes from heritage varieties of barley that have unique flavours. These flavours are the local bit of local beer and not available in mass produced and widely distributed beers. My question is about how the craft beer industry as a whole is going in producing and marketing local beers. And on that, good, good see, point. See, but that's a really good point because I, I, mean, I haven't seen Priceless for Voyager against, uh, you know, Cooper's Mops, for example. No, I couldn't tell you what it um, And I'd cost. imagine that on a smaller scale using, you know, and heirloom, some of these heirloom, 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 <laughs> some of these heirloom varieties are heirloom because better, more efficient, um, higher, um, producing um, or you know have have characteristics that um, yeah, suit better, better extraction have better, higher, higher um, attenuation um, for the big brewers and aren't necessarily the best malts for smaller brewers yeah. and so we have seen um, and because they're grown on a much bigger scale these heirloom varieties are much more expensive well I think we're starting to think about malt too in the same way that uh, previously Hops. the only hop was yep. prior to Ringwood yep. whereas now we have all these others and malt is, is similar malt is starting to come in that way and, uh, but by someone like Voyager growing and you know heirloom varieties they're not competing head on with the, the, the huge um, concerns yep. and, and you're therefore not competing on price you're not competing on price because it's a, it's a different product else. Yeah. and which kind of ties back to that $92 um, pale ale when everyone's making the same pale ale how are you justifying that product anyway um, in northeast Victoria we are about to have the annual high country hop festival hosted by Bridge Road shout out to uh, Ben Krause and all the team down there and featuring seven other craft breweries focusing on wet hops from HPA grown in Eurobin. Uh, recently, I was involved on the harvest at Ryefield Hops, a small new hop supplier at Bemboka, 30 minutes inland from Bega, who are involved in the Bemboka to Brew Festival, again celebrating local wet hops. 
There are so many uh, small local breweries and distillers using Voyager malts and creating local beers and whiskies around southern New South Wales and northern Victoria. What is the rest of the country doing? Great question. Let us know what you are doing. But that's and, and that's one of those things about um, it's it's awesome to see people celebrating Victorian in, ingredient beers. As I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, the New South Wales Nile Blair or Neil Blair celebrated New South Wales. But as he pointed, we don't grow hops in New South Wales. It's a bit of a specialty. Um, Archer recently did a Queensland one, but once you get out of the hop growing regions, it's much harder to celebrate local. Um, yeah. yeah commercially um, that's right P.S. Uh, thanks for the con- uh, podcast um, P.S. not necessarily for on air so I'll just go slowly <laughs> through these so I'm not so saying well, no, this, is, this is the one I was going to throw in was yep. that uh, uh, Jeff's first point is the, the first time I heard you mention the cook limit I was actually halfway through a brew and I assumed you were referring to the standard 60 minute boil time so we now have We've got like a, um, a default or a fallback cook limit. <laughs> the, the cook limit. So it can be the capital C cook limit or it can be a small C cook small limit. Small C, which, which gets us to the hour. That's right. Um, because that's a, <laughs> that's a, a good boil. So it makes me wonder. Press, press play. Press when, play. When the, the, the boil when starts. The hot, hot liquor tank. Yep. No so, need to set a timer when, when you hear the uh, little polka at the end. You so know when, it's time. So, to... when we, so when we've stuck to the uh, capital C cook limit and done a 40 minute podcast have some brewers turned off the boil like, <laughs> accidentally <laughs> yeah, and then, like undermashed it's the egg timer um thanks for the heads up about the book bronze brews by peter simons i've ordered a couple of copies and looking forward to it absolutely if, if you're into brewing great book to read um and to help professor pete from not feeling left out i'd like to send him some of my latest experiments that's uh, talking about buy profit beer i will actually i'll catch up because i'll be at the um now the gala showcase for um that, now obviously with iba and the um uh, I guess lead into to Good Beer Week, uh, March fifteenth and sixteenth. I will be there, Jeff. Um, so he'll be in volu- he'll be in Melbourne volunteering. There we go. So there we go. Our great volunteers yet again uh, at the gala showcase. So I yes, I'll see you there, and I do look forward to having a bit of a chat about how he's actually made these beers because he's there's some really interesting detail here which uh, the rest of the listeners are probably not all that interested in, but I will share once I have caught up with Jeff and uh, and had a beer with him. Uh, and he does make one final interesting point. Uh, although homebrewers are not your specific target market, I, don't, I know they're not necessarily not, um, but yeah, although homebrewers are not your specific target market, think of us as possibly containing the next Ben Krause. And a shout out to Ben. No, no. But, and but to all, that, uh, all that, our good friends in the little country town uh, in northeast Victoria of your Robin. Just on that, because that, that, that is one of the things that you and I, have, you know, whenever we get together, we sort of talk about, well, mate, what are we doing with this Bruce News thing? What's the podcast? Who are you? Know, Why are who, we here? What's there, it all about? There, there's a what million ways. Mean? There are so many podcasts. You know, could we be one of those ones where you sort of sit and have a beer and sort of mull on the, on the beer and talk about pop culture or, you know, uh, and... Whenever I sort of speak to people, particularly advertisers like Rallings and um, other people, I sort of say, well, who's you your audience? And we sort of say, well, it seems to be brewers, um, you know, people at brew and what I call prosumers, you know, people who really want to know what's going on in the, in the industry and people like uh, Jeff, who are potentially the next, you know, the, the people the who are yeah, wanting to, yeah, to, to hear. Yeah, and, or uh, who are nurturing the next wave. Because like these homebrew clubs, you know, a lot of, you know, you go back to... Chris Tomagala um, is, is a great exactly. example, one of those yeah, guys. Well, and shout out to Chris, who's one of our... Um, Dave Benighton. Dave Benighton. Um, you know, and, and the list goes on. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we absolutely do think of um, our listeners, if you're not in the industry, as people who uh, you know, harbour dreams of entering it. So yeah, I can't remember whether we left over 
some letters from last week that we, we didn't get did, time but because to we're do. on the road, and uh, our producer Joe when it, um, has given us this week's, so we might even hold last week's missed ones yeah. over to to next week. But I think, given Jeff's um, probably well looked after for beers, and I'll make sure that he's looked after at, uh, at the Gala Showcase. We might give the uh, the six pack to Stephen John Bride. So Stephen John Bride, if you Twitter can, yeah, comment if us. you can, uh, if you are listening, uh, email us at producer at bruisenews.com.au, your postal address. Here's your postal address. Um, so we'll get a Bruce News Barblade. And thank you to all of the, the, the listeners that have received their Barblade um, and then shared a is photo. This starting to be, is this going to become a Facebook group of, you know, I got a Bruce News Barblade in the mail? They, they, they seem to be keen to take a selfie of themselves or get a photo of themselves with well, their Barblade. I, I think that's just that the, the, so it's a social media culture that we've never really been, yeah. you know. It is lovely to say. It is, oh, and it I really appreciates. I said yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I received it, um, and so yeah, thank thank you very much, uh, listeners. Now, Prof, um, we are about to head off to the we must away um, award, um, and then you're flying home to Melbourne. What's up for yeah. you for the next? And we are recording this on Wednesday, not our usual. We'd normally do Friday, Thursday. yeah, or, or Friday. Yeah, yep. um, I've got the Bendigo Craft Beer Festival coming up uh, shortly, and then we really sort of get um, wide up for Gabs. Brisbane, Starting. the first one, the 27th of April. So that's the end of Should end we talk of about beer and soda? We haven't really talked about beer and soda. We might hold that over now for, for next week. Yeah, because there's so much, especially since I can give a bit of a uh, perspective on the first one in Melbourne. In Melbourne. Um, the first festival, as I say, that I can remember that was held on the same time, the yep. same day as, a, as another yep. beer festival. Um, and then also the comparison between the, the two. Yep. Um, because I was lucky enough to then get an invite to the first. Brisbane Beer Insider outside of September, so the the first time it's yep. yeah. So we'll, we'll as part a of Bruce Vegas, about, yeah. Uh, lot to, yeah, lot to speak about. So we're talking about cabs because we are going to have a uh, our studio so, on air. Uh, well, it'll, it'll be a live studio. Yeah, um, the Bruce News on air studio, but it won't. We probably won't broadcast live. I'm still not convinced. Let, and again, listeners, let us know. We we're talking. One of the things we we're talking about in our strategic planning meetings. Well, um, just our because um, the Hottest 100 podcast was so well received, that live where people got to interact um, live. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see people sit, wanting to sit down and listen to us do this Because well, if, if you're weekly. at Gabs, you sit, you, you, yeah. you'll, you'll hang around and listen. But it's maybe also people at work during studio. the day, so when, when yeah. would we do a live? And, but we are thinking of maybe doing two or three live podcasts a year um, from um, you know, maybe on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and trying to get a, listeners a venue. To, and yeah, to turn up and have a beer with us. Either have a beer with us, but then also, if you're in the chat room, we can relay questions to our panel. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if, 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 if you're the sort of person that would sit at home for an hour on a um, Saturday afternoon, once or twice a year, just to be part of something like the Hottest 100, let us know. But um, at Gabs, we are going to have our studio there, so we're going to be, kept, thanks to... Bintani, but we've got a lot of great friends in the industry, and uh, we're going to be recording live um, the uh, brewers, uh, the industry panels live from uh, Gabs on the Friday. So it's the day after AIBA, so we're going to be able to dissect the results. We're going to be able to meet the brewers, capture all of the noise excitement. Um, talk about the judging. Talk about consumer reaction. Talk about uh, exhibitors. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. So if you are going to Gabs, go there on the Friday and come and say good day. Um, That's Gabs in Melbourne. Gabs in Melbourne. Yep. Um, but we might even look at. We'll see. Yeah, anyway, who knows? Good friends at Bintani might just sort of you know. You just never know. Because first Gabs in Brisbane, very exciting. Can't wait. Um, 
Thank you very much to all of our sponsors, um, all of our supporters and, and those who make this possible. Thank you very much to you, Matt. He's been Matt Kierkegaard. I'm Pete Mitchum. And uh, a special thank you to all of the listeners and who all, make yeah, it worth the, doing. The listeners who make it worth doing by listening. And uh, you know, we're still number one beer podcast in, in the country. Um, Did we mention last week that we got as high as number seven? I think we got as high as number seven, yeah. So we we've dropped back to 25, 30, um, but, but we're holding our top 30 spot. And that's you know behind guys like Jamie Oliver and... Exactly. Uh, I think it's the number one drinks. There's a basic brewing video podcast, which is Jane, uh, the terrific podcast yep. um, for home brewers. But, yep. yeah. And anyway, um, but to the listeners that um, you know, kick in a couple of dollars a month, um, because that, that, that's uh, when Pete is in town, I'm able to sort of take him out for dinner and those sorts of things. So your, your money is uh, going to some... Sort or of... well, when we go somewhere, we, we get um, a hotel that has two bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, Still in one room, but two bedrooms. So thank you, listeners, uh, for, for all of your support. Thanks very much, and we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.